some good friends, friends of mine. Talk to them all the time. Some good friends on my show. Who are they? Soon you'll know. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Some Good Friends for another week. What a week it's been for me, a major accomplishment in my life. I finished the novel Infinite Jest, 1,000 and some pages of meandering wordsmithery by David Foster Wallace, uh, and I feel unchanged by reading the entire thing, even though I've realized the dream of so many academic young men such as myself. <laughs> Ah, I learned a lot about tennis, that's for sure. What a sport. A lot to think about in tennis. And I learned a lot about Alcoholics Anonymous. Also, a complex sport. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know. I'm trying to be David Foster Wallace, but can anyone be him? I'm more of a Jesse Eisenberg in that movie where he interviewed Jason Siegel as David Foster Wallace. We got a show for you today. I have a show for you today. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to talk to some friends of mine, as we always do. Three of them, in fact, as we always do, or has been the practice so far. And let's get right into it. Starting off with my good friend. Known her for a while. She goes way back. Both of us together, we go way back. Please welcome to the show, Rattle Boots Jane. Well, hello there. Rattle Boots. Oh, so good to hear your voice. It's good to hear yours too, Stefan. Uh, t- talk to me about what you've been up to lately. Oh, what have I been doing? I've been uh, using the the pandemic to just walk around, enjoy the deserts, the soaring heat of the sun, and look at the cacti on the horizon. Yeah, you're you're coming at us straight from the desert. I can see in the in the Google Meet window that you're in the middle of the desert. What uh, what desert are we talking here for the for the listeners? We're talking about. You know, Stefan, it's the desert I grew up in. Mm. You know, the desert we met in that one time when you were out camping in the outbacks in Arizona. And uh, it's the desert heat. Desert heat is the name of the desert. The desert heat desert. I remember I I chose it because it was quirkily named. That's for sure. I mean, I I remember that night very well. I was in my... Well, I was preparing to go to sleep in my tent and uh, I was brushing my teeth, as I always do before I go to sleep. And I, I looked in between myself and the tent and there was a scorpion. Yes, there was. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, who should leap out from the shadows but old Rattleboot Jane herself. Yeah, that's right. Stefan, that's what I like to do. I like to look out for the tourists when they come to Desert Heat Desert. And help them when they come across the wildlife that could pose a danger if you don't know how to deal with them. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I saw what you did with that scorpion, but maybe tell the listeners in case they ever run into a scorpion, what, what does one do to, to defend against a scorpion? It's very important, Stefan. You get the steps in the correct order. Number mm. one, you have to engage the scorpion in a little dance. A little dance I like to call the sand whispering dance you gotta go up go up you gotta you gotta put your hands in a little crab a crab formation and you've got to do a little scorpion dance two steps left two steps right then you have to do a twirl around the scorpion this Mm. causes confusion 
confusion for the scorpion. And then when the scorpion is confused and is trying to do a slow turn around, you whip it up with your hand, you cover it, and you take it away to a nice, safe scorpion nest. Now, so this is the part that I was kind of shocked by uh, when I watched you do this, is that you? how do you actually protect yourself from getting stung once the scorpion's in your hands? Very, very, very good question, Stefan. What you do is you pick up the scorpion, you have it, make sure its its stinger is coming out between your two two forefingers, like a like a mm. claw, and you you hold it nice and steady, and then it will try and move its stinger around, but it can't because you've got it in a nice firm grasp. Ah, that's that's the secret, you know, and that's I definitely wouldn't have known the dance. I de- so if you had not been there. Who knows? I might I might not be here You'd today. You'd be dead, Stefan. I would probably be dead because I was getting in that tent no matter what. Yeah. I was cold. And scorpions, as we all know, can undo the zips of a tent. So you would have been in the shit. I don't know if we all know that. Do we all? I've never heard that before. <laughs> I didn't know that scorpions could undo a zipper. Exactly. That's what they're known for. Is that's it? That's why scorpions are... The uh, what is it? Star sign of sex. They undo <laughs> undo zippers because they can undo a zipper very quickly. Yeah. Just, right. Of course. How silly of me. And and that's I do find every time I read a horoscope, all of the star signs have fairly detailed descriptions. Then I get to Scorpio, and and it's just like you're sex. still good at sex this week, Scorpio. Yeah. You keep on keeping on. That that that's why. So I mean. I've seen your business card, and I know you kind of consider yourself as a defender of tourists, as a kind of a, a vigilante of the the desert. Yes. And so what's, I mean, now pandemic times, quarantine, are people still coming to the desert? Well, you see, you think it would be a quiet time, Stefan. You think you would be mm. out of business, but actually more people are coming than before. Yeah, I guess to get away. To get away, distancing. exactly, because they, yeah. figured, they figured the desert is an open space and there won't be many people. And so they all come to the desert and there's actually more people than before. Mm. Now, when you say I would think that you'd be out of business, I didn't realize this was an actual business that you had. Well, I have a, a review site on Yelp and every time I save a life, I get a rating. And when you get five ratings of a five star you get money from yelp oh is that how yelp works i am learning a lot tonight but that does bring up the the issue to me that should you ever fail to save someone's life you would not get a rating on yelp and hence all your ratings on yelp would be five stars it seems a little biased to me well no it's just every five stars every five times i get five stars i get money so if oh. I say five lives, I get money. Sixth life, they die. It's okay because I can save the next five and get more money. Okay. So if that person's family gives you one star on Yelp for letting their relative pass away in the desert, that doesn't affect your chances of getting money. The overall rating might go down, but the chances of getting money doesn't get affected. Yes. So you could have hundreds and hundreds of one-star reviews and a few five-star reviews and you'll, you'll still make some money. Exactly. But, Stefan, you're making it sound like I don't know what I'm doing. And I do. I have saved hundreds of lives. People out there camping. And just, just for the, the, my ease of mind and the ease of mind of the listeners, can you just, what's your uh, average rating on Yelp? Uh, average rating is an 8.9. An 8.9 out of 5. <laughs> oh, 
That was my Uber rating. My <laughs> my Yelp rating is a four point six. So Uber rating <laughs> as a driver or as a passenger? As a passenger, I don't I don't drive Stefan. I take Uber to get from from uh, catastrophe to catastrophe in the desert. That's how I travel. Let me let me see if I have this process down. You're you're in the desert, and somehow you get wind that there is a dangerous catastrophe befalling a tourist somewhere in the desert. Yes. So you. I whip out my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you call an Uber, <laughs> and how long are we waiting for an Uber in the middle of the desert? Well, this is the reason uh, I have a four point six, Stefan on Yelp because sometimes the Uber is a little slow. Uh, I'd say average 15 minutes to half an hour wait. That's pretty good for the middle of the mm. desert, I mm. would think. I don't, I don't, when I was there in the, remind me what the desert was called again? Desert heat desert. <laughs> oh yeah, when I was there in the desert heat desert, I didn't see a lot of roads. I kind of, I kind of hiked in for two days to get to my campsite. That's the tourist way of doing it, Stefan. They make you think there are no roads so that you're there longer. Because the longer you stay, the more money you'll spend. If you knew there were roads, you wouldn't spend much time there. What are, what are people spending money on when they're camping in the desert? Uh, park entrance fees. Of course, by what, the, what you pay once. By, <laughs> by the day, but you pay oh. by the day. Okay. If you could do your trip in one day rather than five, you would pay one day. But you're paying five times the price. Uh, you're paying money on uh, uh, the the trolls bridges. The troll bridges. <laughs> yep. There's trolls in the desert. <laughs> yep, at the bridge. When you want to remember the bridge, Stefan, you went over. That's oh, and then something tried to grab my legs. Yes, that was a troll, but you paid him. Remember, you paid him. I do. Uh, yeah, yeah. What did you pay him? I gave him a hundred dollars. Exactly. And if you if you knew there were road, if you knew there were roads, you wouldn't have gone that way. You wouldn't have paid him. That's true. It was a footbridge. Wow. So, who do you work for? The Park Service, or are you kind of more of a contractor, as I, like an Uber driver? I like to think I'm self-employed, uh, like a self-made woman. Are you self-employed or you just like to think you're self-employed? <laughs> I like to think I'm self-employed, but okay. I do get a check in the mail from the park. So you have a salary from the park <laughs> surface, but you like to think that you are working for yourself. Yes, exactly. Okay. I guess it's good to have that kind of strong, independent philosophy. Yes, it is. In your work. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, so what's, uh, what's your latest daring rescue? Well, <clears throat> The other day, uh, actually, uh, there was a, um, what I like to call a, a big cat okay. uh, coming over the dunes towards a family of five. Oh, my goodness. So you know what I did, Stefan? I assume you got out your phone. <laughs> you, you called you an Uber. Called an Uber. Yeah, important. Almost forgot yeah. that part. Called an Uber, zoomed over there, yeah. got there just in time, and I whipped out my my cat spray mm. and my cat lasso. Of course. And I caught the big cat and uh, the five, five, the family of five were great. They were safe because there were five of them. They all put a five-star rating and I got paid. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You got your, I guess that's kind of like a tip for you because you already get a salary from the park service. Only if I save lives. Your salary is also conditional on saving lives? <laughs> yes. 
yeah. the Yelp money and the salary yes. conditional. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's, I guess that's one way to motivate your employees. <laughs> it, it is. To, does the park service also pay your Uber bills or is that kind uh, of a sunk no, cost? No, that's on, on top. Uh, but that's how they do. Uh, all their park employees are paid based on their Yelp ratings, on their individual hmm. ratings. It's a, wow. a, a little unknown fact about Parks, Arizona. Parks, right. Arizona Parks Department. What if I were to come to the the desert heat desert at this time of year? What's something that you would recommend seeing or doing in the in the area? It's August. Um, I'd recommend a nice little hike. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you came, I'd I'd invite you round for uh, for dinner at okay. my at my house. I make a really good uh, pot roast. Oh, mm. I love pot roast. And uh, I'd recommend um, sitting out at night and looking at the stars, the star constellations. Yeah, and I would assume that I would be doing a lot of that since it seems to be the Park Service's intention to kind of trap me <laughs> in the park. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's, you know what? As soon as this pandemic thing is over, which I think will just be any day now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whip why, down Why Arizona. wait? Why wait? Everyone's coming to the parks now. You can come to the desert now, Stefan. That's true. Can you, uh, is one of your towns being able to sneak me across the border? It is. Yes. Ooh. Another another unknown fact. About what's, your, uh, what's your process for sneaking someone across the border? Well, first of all, I come to Canada. Mm -hmm. And when they ask me, what am I doing in Canada? I say, tourism. So it's a good answer. Yeah. I meet you at the designated meeting point. Do a little okay. dance to make sure you are the right person. Yeah. It will be uh, pre uh, kind of practice ahead of time via Zoom. So when mm. I meet you at the park, we will practice, make sure, make sure that you are who you say you are. And then I'll put you in a bag. <laughs> yeah. Get in my car. Okay. Uber. My <laughs> of course. Uber car. And, and drive back. Across the border. Now, when you say drive back, you mean the Uber driver yes. drives us across yes. the border. Yes. With me in a bag. Exactly. Am I even in the trunk or am I just no, kind of no, in the back seat? Back seat in a bag. Yeah. Because you know why? If it was in the, when you get stopped at the border, if you've got a big bag in the back of the car, suspicious. Big cat bag on the back seat. What what are they gonna think? Nothing. Go ahead. Not suspicious. Go ahead. It's too suspicious to be suspicious. They don't check it. Wow. That sounds like a foolproof strategy, hiding in an Uber. It is. I've done Uber. it three times. Wow. Wow. You're really... And does the park service pay you for that or that's a outside thing? Uh, if I bring them to the parks, I get a 10%. Oh, you get a commish. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know what? Let's do it. I'll meet you, uh, I'll meet you in the parking lot of a Tim Horton somewhere and uh, we'll do a little dance and then you can... Stefan would do the scorpion dance. Hey, I remember it well. Yeah. There was a lot of popping and locking involved, which I was very impressed by at the time. That's the way. Rattle, rattle boots. Always great to talk to you. And Please you. stick around. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's, that's always nice to hear. I talk to so many people and nobody ever says that. So real nice to hear. Uh, I'm going to introduce another one of my good friends. You know, she's kind of a, uh, kind of a preservationist as well, I think, if I... I don't know. It's kind of hard to understand exactly what she does, but let's get her out here. She can talk about it. Please welcome to the show my good friend, Rainbell Gibbons-Higgins. Rainbell, welcome to the show. Oh, Stefan, I'm so happy to hear you. 
Uh, and, and it is great to hear your voice as well. Now, I was a little confused. I'm, I'm always a little bit confused, to be honest, about what exactly it is that you do. So why don't you tell me and the listeners, kind of clarify it once and for all, what, what you do. Well, the gist of it is really that I'm here to protect the color orange. You know, I'm part of this task force. Okay. You know, where we defend, encourage, and protect the use of the color orange. We're DEPCO. What was that name? DEPCO. DEPCO? Yeah. Is that an acronym? Does that stand for something? Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it stands for defend, encourage, and protect the color orange. Oh, so, you're, so the task force isn't protecting all colors. The task force is just protecting the color orange. Yeah, because, you know, there was a lot of color lobbies in the past. Mm, I remember. And they've done so well for themselves. But orange is struggling still, and that's why we exist. Well, who's, I mean, a lot of us probably don't think about colors that much. I mean, we all know that orange is part of Roy G. Biv, the colors of the rainbow, but maybe it doesn't have a fair shake. So who's, who's attacking the color orange? Who's trying to take it down? It's just people have very mixed feeling about the color orange. Sometimes mm. it brings joy, like you said, in a rainbow or yes, maybe in a juicy fruit like an orange. Mm. But nowadays, you know... I'm back in Montreal, I will say, and there's one thing here that makes people upset with the color orange. It's construction work. It's so oh. Let me tell you. It's traumatic driving around and seeing those cones. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I'm surprised you told me that you were in Montreal because usually you're very secretive about your location in case anyone who hates the color orange finds out where you are. It's true. It's true. But, you know, it's, it, it was a hard time. I needed to come back and feel the comfort of the orange julep. It's, it's the one thing that makes mm. me so happy and it's so comforting for me. I, I needed to be close. Right. I mean, we all take comfort in the orange julep, I guess. For you, it's, it's not just a symbol of classic Montreal. It's also a symbol of a, a giant beacon yes. to orange lovers everywhere. Can I just say, I really admire you for your work you're doing because as everyone knows, the desert is orange. And I just really admire everything that you stand for. Oh, it, wow. I'm so happy to hear that. It, it's true that the hues in the, of the desert, you know, the sun shining on the sand makes a beautiful orange hue. Thank you. Mm. So I, I know you've done a lot of advocacy work for the color orange. Uh, maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit about what kind of actions you've taken to promote this wonderful color. Well, you know, we travel, and I must say that one of the hardest actions that we've had to take is these past four years in America have been very hard for the color orange as well. <laughs> if I, you, you, you bring out some real traumatic work for me. It, 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 before that, I'm just going to say it was very pleasant. Mm. You know, the color orange, we were out there making sure that, you know, it, it made people happy. It made people excited for mm. you. But now, orange is associated with, with some person of high importance. And I, I do you know wh where I'm going with this, Stefan? I feel like we're going a missile right for Trump. Is that where we're going? We sure are, Stefan. Oh, my heart goes out to you. What a what a formidable enemy to yeah. have. Yes. He's really ruining everything for the color orange. And we've had to 
you know, do so much work. We've had to educate. We've had mm. to go around and just present the color orange for what it is. Yeah, I know. I know that you do. You do a lot of work, kind of going to schools and giving demonstrations to children, talking to them about the color orange. Uh, can you maybe give us an example of what what your presentation looks like? A little snippet to the to the kids at these schools. Well, it, it always starts, you know, with with the rainbow. I know you know the story about me. That's why you know I'm called Rainbell because my parents. You know, they love the rainbow, but because I was a girl, they decided to call me the rain bell. Interesting. I didn't, I never, I never saw a bow as a traditionally masculine thing, but I guess your parents had a, a different view on that. I guess, you know, they were hippies after all. But so when I go into, I'm so happy to share the love of the rainbow with, with children mm -hmm. and really anywhere and anyone. And then we do talk about the different colors. And then, you know, a lot of people have favorites. Mm, yeah. And often, I will say there's very little people who have orange as their favorite color. Mm, and this is I, true. I want to show them that there are people like me who love the color orange. I mean, mm. I respect all the other colors, but I just try to show people by, you know, using a lot of coloring, we'll analyze little snippets of... Uh, Different, you know, pink colors as well. I know pink. I must yeah. say that I'm a, you know, I'm a big client of uh, Reno Depot and 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 uh, those home hardware stores where I can get all those samples of mm. colors because there's a range right. of oranges as well. Of course, yeah. So I mean that. I'm curious if you've ever. I know that every year you kind of go on vacation to the Netherlands. Is that because orange is their national color? It sure is. You know, I, oh, how I love the House of Orange. I, it's, it's such a pleasure to go out there. And, you know, I wasn't a big fan of sports, but mm. when you go into a stadium for any kind of, like, soccer match and everyone yeah. is wearing their, their shirts, it's a sea of orange. What mm. a thrill, Stefan, what a thrill. Wow, I, I can. I mean, I went. Uh, I was in Vancouver for the Olympics, not participating, just watching. I know people wonder, <laughs> but uh, the Dutch fans—they were passionate, they were crazy, and they wore a lot of orange. I will say that for them. It's beautiful. It I, is. I, I, like I said, I, I was just there before I came back because, uh, you know, the the winters are quite mild, and you can. It's easy. Also, it's just a fun flat country. You can just bike everywhere easily. But yeah. but I had to come back just to feel to feel that Montreal was okay, you know. And for mm. a while, you know, construction was stopped. It was such a good time in in March and April to just walk around and not see so many of those cones, those horrible cones. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, you you obviously have an issue with Trump. So, are you trying what are you trying to do to overcome this kind of association between him and the color orange? Well, you know, what we try to encourage is just talking about mostly the natural color orange, what comes mm. in nature and right. how things that are natural. People are very much interested nowadays about, you know, local and 
organic food and right. food stuff. And that's where I'm going with this. For me, Trump is un unnatural and his orangeness mm. is something that is unnatural. And I try to bring people with me towards the natural side of orange. You know, uh, the beautiful natural pigments that happen in the fall in the leaves mm. that happen, you know, in the sky when there's a sunset. I'm really trying to steer people towards these beautiful natural orange and therefore they can disassociate themselves from that man and, and, and his face. The artificial. Yes. It sounds like there's a partnership to be made here between you, Rain Bell, and Rattle Boots trying to take yeah. people into the desert, showing them some natural orange. I mean, this is a business waiting to be started, I think. It, it, this is beautiful. It's true that I do spend a lot of time in cities where the people are, but there are so many moments of orangeness that can happen out there in the world, mm. in nature. You know, you've got to do, you've got to identify the people. I'll kidnap them and bring them across the border and bring them to the desert. Kidnap them? Who's who's talking about kidnapping now? Well, uh, doesn't have to be completely... Well, I guess it would be kidnapping if they didn't know it was happening. Usually, yeah, if you take someone away from where they are and they don't know what's happening. That, I think that's textbook kidnapping. You know what, Rain Bell, forget I said anything. I don't know if this business partnership is a good idea. Rattle Boots is kind of a loose thing. As an orangeologist, I, I feel that it would be an interesting maybe way to maybe force people into accepting oh more orangeness in their, in their life because it, it has been a struggle. But But I must say that I... You know, I I, I want to do this peacefully. But it will be peaceful. I won't hurt them. It will be a nice bag. Okay. Well, we <laughs> well as long as it's a nice bag, that's that's totally okay. And then whatever happens to them while they're in the desert, that's on them. Yeah. I would assume. So, uh, Rainbell, just just to circle back to the unnaturalness of of orange and how you you don't like it. How do you feel about Doritos? Oh, Stefan. I mean, this is a difficult one because I know mm. that, you know, sometimes these tastes, these texture, this crunch brings joy in a lot of people. But once again, Doritos, you know, it's unnatural. Mm. It's unfortunately, if we had, you know, the best Doritos, they should be made with saffron. This is where orange, the beautiful hue of orange, that would be such a tasty treat it would be an expensive one and a very expensive treat saffron doritos but um so i'm not i let people enjoy them uh for what it's worth for the little pleasures and i mm. will say that i do enjoy seeing their fingertips turn into you know orange a little bit that does make mm. me giggle <laughs> of course yeah it's hilarious and you see those little orange little guilty fingerprints all over everything afterwards yes and same same for cheetos i will say i like mm. cheetos a little bit better just because of the fact that their shape is also quite funny and, and the orange is a little bit brighter but for me it's a real guilty pleasure and on the task force we really don't talk about things like that so too much right so now when you say task force who who else is on this task force with you how many how many members are we talking and what are what are their roles yes well there's really like three of us one of them is uh, Monk Hibram, 
All right. He's based out of Bhutan. Bhutan okay. is, you know, has orange and yellow in their flag and they are such a peaceful people and they've really embraced the the calmness of orange and he's doing mm. great work really pushing it he doesn't need even need to push people embrace it over there yeah sounds like it's already there he, yes he's a big inspiration for uh, us and then of course there's a uh, jean-claude van hoot mm. he is of course from the netherlands you know we needed somebody out there because right. he, he's right in the middle of it he's right in the middle of his his uh, approach of course is a little more historical mm. it's a little more ingrained in people in the netherlands this this appreciation for orange it's it's patriot it's patriotic it, it's it's different but that's also very interesting when we go and and around you know the world and and on our missions missions are these like covert operations what are, what are we talking here no 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 but for example you know when the, we do like to um, visit artists Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and and when artists are are ready to do you know a big work in in a town, or ready to you know to start painting something, we will kind of probe them as to their color choice. You know, we did great work with Christo. Do you know? I was about to mention Christo. Oh. His, his gates of New York. Yeah. Yes. You had an influence with that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Wow. And wasn't that marvelous, Stefan? Very also, I think R.I.P. for Christo, um, but it was marvelous. It was I was in New York shortly after the gates were taken down, and, and it did feel like a pall had descended over the city. Like no one was as happy as mm. they were the, the previous week. Yes, we tried so hard to have them stay forever, but uh, no, in the memories, in the memories. Alas, nothing, nothing lasts forever. Mm-hmm especially art, especially ephemeral, transient art, such as that by Christo and his partner, whose name I'm blanking on. Yeah, Jeanne, Jeanne, Jeanne something. That sounds right to me, the famous artist Jeanne something. <laughs> you know, you, you said your parents were hippies, but it, it kind of doesn't sound like you've fallen far from the tree. It sounds like you're, you're straight up into that culture too. Well, I wouldn't say so. I mean, all this is really based on some real, uh, you know, data and studies, and uh, you know, the sensitivity color is a uh, is, is is science, really. This orange is the sensitivity color. No, but I mean, it, it, it's a it's how people capture the color. You know, uh. people are sensitive uh, to different colors, and that's why we try to make them open to this color that right. sometimes don't appreciate as much as others. Hmm. Who would you say, what would you say is the, the big boss color right now? The one that everyone loves and is very popular and cool and effortlessly suave. I think, you know, in the end, what I see is that people really go for, for, for black. Oh, interesting choice. It, it, all the colors in it's one. All the colors really. And yeah. I, I can see maybe, but it, I think we need more color, and that's what we want to encourage people to to go out there and see the difference that it makes if if you wear something black or if you wear something orange. Well, then it's Halloween. Well, that <laughs> no, Stefan, come on. That see, the, we we want to encourage people to to open up about orange 
and not not associated just with Halloween. Mm. To associate with everything. Yeah. More than more than Halloween, Bhutan, and the Dutch. Please, please. And Trump and Doritos and Cheetos. And I hope that you know by talking to you today and with your other friends that maybe they'll take a little moment to see you know when they they go shopping or or when mm. they appreciate uh, you know a. a an art or graffiti or you know something out there that's orange appreciate a little more wow i you know what i'm gonna start noticing orange when i go out i'm gonna start paying attention more to colors and if i ever get back into graffiti i'm gonna use exclusively orange in my work oh well stefan i would i make sure you invite me i would love to see that and i will invite all my colleagues from the task force the other orange geologists and it would be a pleasure for us to see that. Oh, I can't wait. When I have my graffiti art opening, it'll, I'll invite you. You'll get your invitation in the mail. And wherever you are at in the world, you can come. Well, and we can, have, we can drink some wine and have a good time. Great. You know, one thing that's popular that makes me happy is orange wines. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very popular right now. Yes, and people that's, that's love them. Oh, that has been the work of Jean-Claude Van Hout. He was very well connected mm. uh, with France and he did great work with that. Mm, the naked grapes, mm. I believe, is the yes. the Scorpio of grapes, yes. if you will. <laughs> well, Rain Bell, always a pleasure to talk to you. I always feel super zened out after and really embrace embrace the colorful world. I'm going to be, it's like a, like a, I don't know, never done it, but it's like an LSD trip. I feel like I'm going to be uh, noticing colors for days. And you'll have a smile on your face a lot more, let me tell you, Stefan. Uh, and that's, that's what I need right now. Thank you, Rainbell. It's a pleasure. Oh, and stick around. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about on subjects orange and un-orange related as we move along. But boy, do I have a surprise for everyone. Possibly the most famous guest I've ever had the, my probably my most famous friend. Uh, I met who, who? What famous people have I met before? Disgraced comedian Steve Renazzisi in an elevator. Uh, disgraced, well, kind of disgraced. More not as disgraced as he should be, but disgraced actor Michael Fassbender also in an elevator. Uh, disgraced photographer Terry Richardson on the street in New York. I've met a lot of disgraced people in my travels. <laughs> Wow. This guy, you can hear him coming in already. Please welcome to the show, my most famous friend of all, Jack Nicholson. Here he is. I'm back in Jack. Oh, that's what you always say. That's your, kind of your catchphrase when we talk. That's me. How are you, Stefan? Oh, doing so well. How is quarantine treating you, Jack? Well, it's uh, been pretty good so far. I've... Uh been in the nba bubble for the last month or so oh you're in that bubble in orlando gotta see my lakers because nothing stops jack nicholson from the lakers that is something that the public knows i uh still have my courtside tickets and i gotta make sure i get a bang for my buck well i do i do notice that when i'm watching the games because i like to tune in sometimes we text about the lakers i see a, a sea of cardboard cutouts and then right in the middle of those cardboard cutouts, I see the real-life Jack Nicholson right right there by the court. That's me, baby. Back in Jack. Back in Jack. So tell me, if you're in the bubble, that means you're, you're living in the hotel with all the players? I'm actually bunking with LeBron right now. He uh, generously let me 
sleep in his bed. In his bed with him. In his bed. I would imagine, I mean, LeBron, is, I believe, has a wife. So what? she's been kicked out or she's there too? Well, uh, his family hasn't been able to join the quarantine, uh, but, uh, you know, or the, the, the bubble. But, bubble. You know, I've, um, you know, we're like family. You could say we're like family. We're, we're really like family, LeBron and I. And so he really had mm. no problems uh, whatsoever letting me uh, stay in his, uh, his bed. Right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask. This is a question free of judgment. Uh, no, I'm not casting any aspersions. But how much of LeBron's family not being welcome into the bubble had to do with your position as a season tickets holder? Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of mumbo jumbo involved, and uh, mm. I'm just an old man, and uh, you know, I I didn't ask too many questions, but. Uh, you know, everyone knows their place, and uh, you know, I, I wish LeBron well. I, I really do wish LeBron and his family well. Right, his family, which includes you, and seems to not include his wife and children. Well, you know, they're they're nice kids, and, and but you know, you got a wife and you got a work wife, and uh, I, I'm the work wife. <laughs> You're LeBron's work wife. That's you make that very apparent. You show up to all his games, and you and you support him, and. And yeah, probably yeah. you vent you vent to your coworker or you vent about your coworkers to each other. Yeah, you know I, uh, you know he tells me about uh, Anthony Davis and uh, I like to go off about uh, you know my old friend uh, Marty Scorsese. You know I, we we share mm-hmm. work stories a lot, as you can imagine. Uh, being an actor for so long is uh, much like being a, an NBA athlete. Um, you know, you're up, you're down, you're hot, you're not. You move to LA, you move to New York. Everywhere else is nothing. You know, it's it's just the same. You move to Cleveland, you move to Miami. It's look, my Cleveland years were uh, were rough. You know, were rough. They were really rough. But uh, Mm. you know, it's uh, I bounced back. I bounced Jack. You know. Oh wow! Like I always say, bounce Jack. (laughs) You're back in Jack, and you bounce Jack. Well, speaking of the the acting thing, I I can't help but notice that you're you're not taking as many roles as you used to. Well, you know, I'm just uh, some would say I'm uh, you know living out the sunset period of my life, but uh, you know I take a little bit of umbrage to that. I'm actually working on a, a movie right now with my uh, my old pal Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. Yeah, or as I like to call him, DiCrapio. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, this sounds like some classic uh, actors hazing on the set. Well, you know, it's, we're buds. We go back a long ways. You know, when when we're on set together, we always share a bed, and uh, you know, I share like a bed with run. DiCaprio on set as as well. That's right. You know, you could say two things about me and DiCaprio: we share a bed, and we have the same taste in women. <laughs> I always bounce Jack. Huh? <laughs> you always bounce Jack. And DiCaprio and you have de- are definitely known for uh, dating a younger, a younger demographic. I mean, some say it that way. I just say, you know, live livelier. I guess that's kind of the same thing. But you know, so I mean, I guess while you're on set with DiCap DiCaprio and you're you're sharing a bed, there's not not so much action for either of you in the ladies department. Well, you know, we had a few fun nights here and there, but we are, uh, you know, we're there for work. You know, yeah, work. You know, I mean. It, yeah, it it is. Uh, I mean, you know, there's work happening. You know, there's day work and there's night work. And you know, uh, Leonardo, uh, you know, he he knows his place. You know, he uh, doesn't ask too many questions. And uh, you know, he's uh, look, I'm 
I'm an open-hearted man, and, uh, you know, quite frankly, some would say, um, I think one of your guests would say I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I, I just want the record to show that, uh, you know, I'd love to have my boots rattled anytime. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Rattle boots, Jane. How do you, how do you feel about this? Well, uh, Stefan, you know, uh, I may not be a spring chicken anymore but uh you know i'm a scorpio too oh. so i still know uh how to work my way around uh, a bed and a zipper exactly uh, and so i mean to so so the listeners know what kind of uh what kind of aged woman are we talking about here for you oh talking well stefan i mean i feel like age is a bit of a social construct that i don't like to to work with Mm. Uh, I like to think of myself as having been in the desert for hmm, a thousand nights. A thousand and and oh, Jack, how that's old a long would dry you? Dry spell, if you ask me, <laughs> I'd be happy to help fix that. <laughs> Grand. Uh, wow. So Jack, speaking, I mean, you've always been known as this kind of uh, what's the word? Lothario, party animal. What is what's what are you liking in the party scene these days? Well, uh, as you may have heard, uh, Stefan, uh, you know it's uh, it's a pandemic out there. So uh, I've heard, yes, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty anti Jack, if you ask me. But uh, you know, look uh, before the before the the quarantine, if you will, mm-hmm. I was uh, really enjoying uh, a few nights a week over at the Kardashians. Uh, oh, uh, back in my day, it was uh, you know Studio Fifty Four, but of uh, course. Yeah, you know, uh, Chris Jenner really knows how to throw a party. Let me tell you that much. Uh, let's just say, yeah, but... uh, you know, I've been keeping up. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> what, what do you What do you mean? I uh, I've been using a lot of Cialis. I can't use Viagra anymore. I actually uh, overdosed uh, one time. You overdosed on what is what happens? Is that a is that a, a Narcan situation or what are we talking about? Uh, yeah, they actually just uh, uh, make you watch a Lars von Trier film uh, on <laughs> loop for a few days, and eventually the erection subsides. <laughs> well, it depends on which film. Which one were you watching? Well, we started with Nymphomaniac and uh, we ended with Melancholia. I feel like Nymphomaniac is a, a bad one to start with for, for that kind of situation. Well, you, you, you gotta you gotta really get to fixing the solution uh, fast, otherwise you know, otherwise Jack won't be back. If you know what I mean. Wow! Yeah, almost no, had to uh, take it off, lose my appendage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they almost had to, you almost lost your uh, your little Jack. Well, yeah, and uh, your here's you know. your here's Johnny. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's you know, everyone likes to call it a different thing. Personally, I like to call it, you know, something's got to give, um, you know, or my about Schmidt, or uh, you know, the witches of East Dick. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I was. Uh, we've all got different names, but yeah, I I, I almost lost it. So I, I was actually taking a little break from the uh, party scene, of course, just before quarantine. But uh, let me tell you, it's been hard out here. It's been hard out here as a celibate. 84-year-old man in New York City. Well, uh, formerly in New York City, now in Orlando. Uh, Yeah, so the last month or so has been uh, pretty rewarding because I've been, uh, you know, staying with my good pal, LeBron. 
um, of course, mm. as I work on my film with Leonardo um, uh, remotely. Um, oh, it's I'm, a Zoom film? I'm actually telephoning in all my lines, and uh, <laughs> okay. they've got a stand-in. And uh, I don't know if you've heard, but my good pal Marty Scorsese, he's uh, big into this CGI technology to do things to your face. And uh, yeah. they're just going to map my face onto a stand-in uh, with my lines uh, telephoned in for the next film. It's going to be great. Right, I, I understand that your stand-in is actually Chris Hemsworth. That's that's correct. We, uh, you know, I have a good relationship with uh, Chris Hemsworth. You know, oh, um, that's, that's nice to hear. Yeah, he invites me over a lot, and I sleep in his bed. <laughs> oh, not naturally. It's, is it is it a power move thing, or is it uh, it's just a professional thing? You just gotta what let are... people know, you know, uh, you know where thing where the chips fall, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've been working for a long time and, you know, there's day work and there's night work. And, uh, mm. when it comes to beds, I, I take my, my night work seriously. And that's, that's the night work. Uh, so for this, uh, when Scorsese, when he maps your face, is he going to age you up? Is he going to age you down? Is he going to keep you the same? What are we talking? Well, I, uh, don't think he'll be aging me down because, uh, as you know, I look <laughs> great. You look great. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and I've also looked mostly the same for the past 40 years because my hairline receded at the young age of 22. So right. um, he might be aging me up. I'll have to ask him about it. But quite frankly, I, I really think, um, you know, what really matters is in the delivery of the, uh, the lines, you know, mm. and um, I'm really delivering them in a timeless fashion, you could say. So, uh you know, well, maybe you could give us an example of one of your lines. Deliver it uh, how you are in the movie. Sure, yeah. Yeah, here, love to hear that. Here goes one. Uh, okay. Something's got to give. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I have chills. I don't know about my other guests, but that oh, was... amazing. Yeah, I'm oh. kind of doing a, a different, more squeaky voice, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of giving out a little bit, trying something new, you know. Mm. Now, I can't help but notice that that is a line, if not a line, then definitely the title of one of your other movies and also a name that you give to your penis. Now, I mean, you know, there's a lot of business in Hollywood about, you know, why things go in a script and why other things don't go in a script. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, as, you know, something had to give. And, uh, you know, that the, the script just needed a punch up. And so I, you know. I added in a few lines of my own, and uh, I've been around for a long time. You know, you may or may not know this. I actually directed the sequel to Chinatown, and uh, it was... I did not know this. Critically revered, but a complete box office bomb. And uh, listen, um, you know, it's never really... uh, It left a chip on my shoulder. Let me put it that way. There's a chip Mm. on Jack's shoulder. And so I'm a writer, and, you know... um, I got the script and uh, I went over to Scorsese's bed and uh, sat there and I rewrote the script and uh, you know it's uh, it is what it is. I, I guess uh, that's it's film history now. Well, soon to be, soon to be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, once this pandemic is uh, over, the rest of the cast can safely uh, film their movie. Right, of course. Well, I hope. I ho- I think any day now, that's what's going to happen, and we'll see this thing in theaters next year i i really hope so yeah i mean uh you know i'm, I'm worried that they're all gonna have to be wearing masks in the movie you know what i mean mm, yeah, yeah. nobody wants to see that no well jack th- hey thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule in the bubble going to different people's beds 
to talk to me. It's always a pleasure. It's always a little bit unsettling. Hey, listen, uh, it's always a pleasure, Stefan. We've had a lot of good nights together. Uh, you've got a great bed. And oh, um, thank you. You know, I just wanted to to say, you know, if like I said, I'm I'm really an open minded man, you know, and uh, I'm a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't uh, breathed anything but cigar smoke and women's perfume for 30 years. And, uh, you know, I famously wear uh, orange sunglasses. And, oh, that's uh, true. Like I said, uh, you know, I, I am a bit of a Scorpio. So if anyone's down for anything, uh, the NBA bubble can burst. If, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Well, Rain, Rain Bell, maybe this is the celebrity endorsement you've been looking for. I've been starstruck this whole time. Mm, we could tell, but maybe I mean maybe a partnership can be made of orange glasses. Maybe maybe the Lakers they could change their colors. Well, I, I'd love to talk with Jack a bit more later if, if 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 maybe that's possible. Darling, you can call me anytime after the Lakers game. Not before. Please don't call me before I have a pregame ritual. Me and LeBron. <laughs> what's, your, what's the pregame ritual with LeBron? We uh smoke 10 cigars and then i make him do push-ups with me sitting on him <laughs> wow then you know what he's never looked better than he has this season you know That's, what me and uh, lebron got in common two guys whose hairline started receding at 22 <laughs> that is uh, you know, it strikes me that maybe that's why you prefer a, a younger demographic of women, because that's the age when they stop finding you attractive. Well, there's a lot to dig into there, but uh, I don't have therapy till uh, next week, so I'll have to let that go for now. Next week, you're going to crawl into your therapist therapist's bed and tell them what's what. Uh, they're chaise long, but yeah, same <laughs> difference, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Rain Bell. Thank you, Rattle Boots. You've all been wonderful guests. It was a pleasure to talk to you, all of you. And uh, we're going to take a short break and be right back. That was that Jack Nicholson is uh, unsettling. <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> yeah. Did it feel weird to channel channel Jack like that? You know, yeah, I can't say that we have the same level of sexual prowess. Like, I'm not particularly comfortable behaving that way. Um, no, and no, nor should anyone be comfortable right. behaving that hopefully, way. Yeah, hopefully that's understood by listeners of this this episode. Um, yeah, you know, it, uh, it felt weird, but, uh, I mean, in a weird way, it was kind of enticing. Maybe, maybe I should speak in a raspy <laughs> voice a little more and just be a huge sleazebag. That, that always comes across great on, on work calls, <laughs> just suddenly having a different voice. Have you tried that? Um, I mean, not myself personally, no, uh, aside from just my regular squeaky voice. Um, once someone actually asked me if I had like partial deafness because my voice jumps in volume so much. In a work meeting. Really? Yeah, that was very uncomfortable. What, just yeah. in the middle of the meeting? Yeah, yeah. I started talking and then they stopped me and they said, do you have like partial deafness or something? Because your voice jumps up and down in like levels of volume all the time. And I was like, wow, I just want to kill myself right now. What a strange thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah terrible person, honestly. Very awkward. I feel like people are more uh, like gutsy now in meetings because they're all remote they feel like they're in the safety of their own homes and they'll kind of just say whatever well, it's kind of like trolls head. right because like troll trolls are like hidden 
like another layer right so they write whatever so it's kind of like as you're saying you're a bit removed from it so it's like oh this isn't real like real life is like slightly removed from real life so you can be a bit more right rude i guess I don't know. yeah we're talking internet trolls not uh desert bridge trolls internet not trolls. trolls the movie <laughs> not that or trolls trolls 2 uh resounding success for cinema world tour yeah trolls oh. 2 world world tour huge hit it, it it was yeah it was a huge hit broke the seal on pandemic movies <laughs> that's it, it, it was a it made the entry so much easier for all of us <laughs> into quarantine <sighs> hannah have you been to the desert <laughs> yes yes i have i've been to the atacama uh desert in chile i've been to oh the, wow the, wait did i go I can't remember I went to the desert. No, I went there and then I went to the desert. I went to, oh, I went to the desert, yeah, in Chile. And I went to the desert in Arizona. I went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, okay, great. Um, yes, yeah, so I have, <laughs> I was drawing on <laughs> yeah, yeah. personal experiences. I could tell it was very, it was very accurate. <laughs> what did, uh, well, let me ask you this. What did, what did you think of the Grand Canyon? I really liked it. I was kind of a bit like, oh, I don't, I'm not really sure. I, I'm going because everyone goes. Like, it's the thing to mm. do. Um, yeah. they did a day trip from Las Vegas and I was actually oh, like right. you know what this is really cool like I think I underestimated what it would be like I'm a, we did a day trip so we did like a tour but I'm like I reckon if you went there and did a hike or something mm. or like went for a couple of days and like yeah hiked down into the canyon and walked along I think it'd be really cool yeah for yeah. sure I think that would be I remember when I went with my family we uh we we got up super early because we were really excited to see the sunrise like on mm. the canyon and you have that image of like the sun kind of like pooling uh, like up or down the ca- down the canyon i guess and like illuminating it not what it looks like at all <laughs> for most of the sunrise like the the canyon just cast a giant shadow on the other side mm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's it's lit it's lit yeah yeah but it's it's really cool a natural wonder of the earth yeah yeah marilyn you like orange in real life or not i do actually how much would you say you like orange more than noted montreal improv alum paul orangey <laughs> i i didn't know that's really funny yeah i don't know how much he loves orange i don't know paul that well but i he I, likes it yeah okay i'm a big fan actually uh i'm really into vintage stuff okay and a lot of stuff in the 60s and 70s were kind of orange or 50s 60s sometimes like you know i'm into plastic vintage clocks right. and, and stuff like that so yeah i do feel like in the I want to say 70s, but I might be getting this wrong. There was a lot of like uh, orange and brown as yeah. a combination. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. green, avocado green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Avocado Very green. Hmm. Just like a lot of wood paneling and orange. Yeah. Carpets. Yeah. Like a real Mad Men color scheme. Like later, later seasons of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I can't wear orange at all. Like I wear uh-huh. orange and I instantly become... Like a like you know one of those vests that construction workers wear, because okay. my skin is so pale. Mm, yeah, it's just horrible. I feel like it's I'm, either a color you can pull off or can't pull off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm wearing an orange shirt right now, and I don't think that I'm pulling it off particularly well. Is it, it also orange? Is, you, you look abysmal. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Jamie. You always you, you are always honest towards me, and you keep me honest. It's also a V neck, which I think was a bad decision in hindsight. Uh, no, no, no. Are weird. Well, Marilyn, you you approve? I approve. I approve. Oh, thank uh-huh. you. Well, I'm just gonna say, people, when they think orange, they think they're like fluorescent, but there's many shades and huge hues of orange. You know, sometimes it's closer a bit to brown or to yellow. 
you know, embrace these uh, these options. Mm, Marilyn, you don't have to play the character anymore. You can, you can just be you. <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun to like play. And yeah, the whole rain, well, rain bell, you know, it's just because I, I was thinking like it's B-E-L-L-E, you know. Oh, I had it written down as bell as in like yeah. the Liberty oh, Bell. That's what I thought. So yeah, uh, I'm going to clarify that bit. Hey, that makes sense. I mean, I'd love to maybe maybe on a future episode, we'll get to meet your siblings from that family. <laughs> I feel like that would be an interesting. Uh, oh, goodness. Yeah. And I love the I love the co not co-conspirators, your colleagues on the task force. Yeah. Those were, uh, some quality names. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Hoot. Yeah. That, that was just like um, so easy. You know, I just thought. Mm. Like, okay. It was <laughs> believably Dutch. Mm. That's true. Yeah, that is a very Dutch name. Yeah, and I guess it's probably unrelated to the coffee empire. Sorry to all Dutch listeners who we've instantly offended. I don't think we've said anything negative about the Dutch. No. We complimented their national color and their sporting passion. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and I think, uh, I think the Dutch version of Van Hoot doesn't have the extra T at the end. It would just N H O O T or something like that, probably. That's probably correct. You know what? We'll we'll get into it on a on a future <laughs> special. <laughs> Dutch episode of on the nomenclature podcast that's <laughs> yeah. planning on this, starting this, this spinoff. Oh, All right. Uh, we got to do some plugs, even though a lot of people don't have plugs right now, just in case people do. Uh, let's start, uh, Marilyn, if you have anything going on right now, feel free to mention it. Or if you have, I don't know, a book you saw, a book you read or a movie you saw or something you enjoyed. Okay, you can talk I, about it now. I would encourage everybody to go outside as much as they can. But if mm-hmm. you're looking for online entertainment, personally, I'm a big fan of the Fringe Festival. And okay. in the, usually there's a whole uh, circuit of fringes that go, you know, in Canada over the summer. But, but now what like a, a bunch of fringe like a group together and they have the fringe live stream. Okay. So you can catch cool. shows here and there. Uh, you know, online on their Facebook. So I would encourage people to do that. Or also a special Montreal thing. I'm adding an extra thing. Fantasia sure. will be online. Right. I'm a big fan of that as well. So I would encourage oh, people who want to be entertained by something quirky. Uh, that's a good bet. Uh, and the the fringe thing is there like a online location that aggregates aggregates all of those streams. Yeah, the uh, like a website. The fringe live stream. Dot com. Mm, I think if you Google it, it's either, just Google it. Yeah, I think it's either like a Facebook page. I think. Cool. People, people can Google. People yeah, have those skills. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Do you have anything to talk about? I haven't had anything to plug for like roughly two years at this point. Yeah. But um, you know what? Uh, since I don't have anything to plug, remember to uh, keep pressuring public officials to defund the police and absolutely uh, uh keep pressuring uh you know um state officials to arrest the cops who killed brianna taylor those are very good plugs a cab is that how do people actually say a cab i don't know yeah i'm a not sure. like most people i've mostly been living through my phone for the last six or so months but you know what all cops are bad that's it that is true hannah yeah. Anything to uh, anything to talk about? Um, I don't have anything to plug either. So yeah, I guess I agree with everything with all the plugs. Uh, <laughs> get out, get outside, get online, 
do all the things. Yeah. Um, but definitely go outside. I've been outside a bit and it's been very good for the soul. So I would recommend it is, doing that. It is very nice. It is before yeah. all of the parks get taken away from us by winter. For a minute, I thought you were going to say something else. I was like, who's taking him away? But yeah, when. Oh, yeah, Lego, Lego <laughs> is, <laughs> wants to ban all parks. <laughs> He said the the kids need to go back to school and the parks need to close. Has anyone been like, I I took up this habit uh, like at the beginning of quarantine that I haven't dropped, which is like just just like walking as far as possible in a straight line as I can. (laughs) And then just like coming back. Yeah, I keep I keep, I do that, but I keep running into the walls of my apartment. I mean, you gotta you gotta go outside to do it. It's real great. Like if you go, say, and then you're like, shit, I've walked for like eight kilometers, and then you realize I gotta walk another eight kilometers to like get back, and it's really, it's a very deeply human like experience. I I don't know how else to explain it. That's a good hike, sixteen kilometers yeah, in a day. Get in touch with your nomadic side. Wow. I've, so many I've good not, plugs. Yeah. I've not done that, but um, actually, here's a, pl- here's, a, here's a plug for life. All right. Um, yes. This weekend, I went out of town and I drove. And Ooh. this may not seem like a big deal, but it was a big deal because I've been putting it off for a long time because I like drove when it's California, but like after that, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I eventually I was like, no, okay, I want to leave the city. I have to drive. That's mm. the only way. And um, I would recommend. Uh, going and doing something that scares you um, that you're like nervous about just doing it because then you may find it's liberating and you may then be able to do more. Wow. What a perfect inspirational note to end the podcast on. Thank you so much. Sorry, Marilyn, were you saying something? Out there, stay safe. All right. All right. This is, this is the, this is the end of plugs. (laughs) Wear a fucking mask. Stay safe. Do something you're scared of. Go to a park. All cops are bastards. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Support Black Lives Matter uh, and Fringe Online and uh, defund the goddamn police. Defund the goddamn police and uh, oh, Fantasia Film Festival online. Yeah. Good memory. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Marilyn, Jamie and Hannah for doing the show. That has been some good friends for another week and I will see you next time. Bye bye. Those were friends, good friends of mine. I talked to them for podcast time. Those were friends on my show.